Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Oil Spills Podcast. It's Wednesday, May 22nd, 2019. I'm host Craig Ellingson, and I'm joined by hockey beat writer Jim Matheson of the Edmonton Journal and the Edmonton Sun. Today, we're talking about coaches and the Edmonton Oilers. Old coaches, specifically. Craig McTavish, the Oilers bench boss for the first eight NHL seasons of the 21st century, lately senior vice president of hockey operations, and now a former member of the organization after he left last week to coach in Russia. Then there's Ralph Kruger, head coach of the Lockout-shortened 2012-13 season Oilers, who was hired last week by the Buffalo Sabres as coach after leaving his chairman's job in the English Premier League with Southampton. He had recently said he wasn't interested in returning to the Oilers. And did you know Dwayne Sutter was once an NHL head coach? For parts of two seasons with the Florida Panthers in the 2000-2001 and 01-02 seasons. He was let go from his job as Oilers head of pro scouting earlier this week. So there's been plenty of movement surrounding the Edmonton Oilers since Ken Holland was hired as general manager and president of hockey operations two weeks ago. With more to come. The team is expected to hire a new head coach very soon. And the trade rumor mill will continue to churn as the NHL draft approaches. It's just a month away. The fan in Edmonton wanted Ken Holland to come in and basically blow everything up except Roger's place and get rid of everybody. That's not quite the way it works. Um, Craig McTavish got the job coaching in Yaroslavl in the KHL for two years as a coach. He's a really good coach. Uh, so when Ken Holland talked to him in, in San Diego when the Oilers farm team Bakersfield was playing, um, Craig let him know that he had something else going. Wouldn't say what it was, but a couple of days later, he said he had a coaching thing. So that um, Ken never got around to, you know, whether he, Craig was going to come back or not. Craig already had a coaching job. So 
That leaves open a vice president of uh, hockey operations in charge of the farm team uh, if, with Craig leaving. And I don't know if that would be up um, you know, Keith Gretzky's alley, but uh, you know, senior vice president in, in charge of the farm team is, a, is a, uh, a move up the ladder from being assistant general manager under Peter Shirelli. So I think that, that makes some sense. Uh, as for Dwayne Sutter leaving, I think I think Peter Shirelli worked in a vacuum in a, in, in a lot of ca- ways in terms of uh, making deals. He made an awful lot of them in, in his three and a half years as the order general manager. And I'm not sure how much he listened to his pro scouting people. But when you're the head of pro scouting as Dwayne Sutter is, I guess if a shoe is going to drop and and the orders haven't won a lot of those trades. You know, I, I, I guess you got to look at the pro scouting end of things. And, and Dwayne was heading up the pro scouting, so he won't be back. And at least, you know, Ken is making the move before the draft, you know, before they, they make any deals and such that if, if Dwayne is looking for you know, another job, he can, the time to get one is at the draft. So, uh, that's the move there. And, now they need a head of pro scouting, and I don't know who that would necessarily be. Uh, I don't, you know, Mark Howe was the head of pro scouting for the Detroit Red Wings, but I don't see him leaving Detroit to do that. Uh, they have a couple of good Western area pro scouts in Archie Henderson and Bruce Harrelson, who've been doing that for quite some time. I don't know if they would step up. Uh, I don't think Scott Housen's going anywhere. I mean, that's, the fan wants Scott out as well. You know, because he's tied to the, to the, you know, past. I don't. He made a one-hour presentation at the pro scouting meetings and all the prospects for the orders, and that's what he's mainly been looking at the last year or so. Looking at their prospects, playing junior, playing college. He scouted college um, for free agents and such. I don't. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't know what his title would be right now. He's a vice president of. of uh, player development, uh, whereas Dwayne said it was player personnel, which is more the pro side of things. So, uh, But like I said, there's lots of changes, and J.J. Abair, also the Oilers head of public relations, won't be back, too. He's been here a long time, and he's a good man, and he's done a good job. You know, if you had you know, Ken Holland coming in, um, obviously he's assessing the situation, assessing who the people are and what they do and and. I don't know. I mean, whether or not he thinks they should be part of the the future moving forward. Um, I like to think that's, you know, these moves that are being made, whether it's McTavish leaving on his own accord last week, whether it's Dwayne Sutter, you know, essentially being shown the door. Um, I, you know, this is Ken Holland in in every way making decisions. Ken Holland having full autonomy to do whatever he wants. So these are the moves that he's making because this is what he... That's how he signed on for. He said, okay, I want to be able to talk to people, interview people, uh, make decisions on my own, and uh, I'm not coming unless that that is part of the five-year equation, that I can make my own moves. And and he's a very smart guy. I don't think he's... By no stretch of the imagination is he a scorched earth kind of guy. That's just not the way he is. I don't think he's a he's a guy who comes in and says let's get rid of everybody and 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 start over. 
but I think you know he has to make some moves uh, as a new general manager. If he just you know, not to say that the the people who aren't coming back, McTavish and Sutter, are bad at their jobs, but if, if it's just a still status quo and all the, the only change is the new general manager, that probably isn't good, the way it usually works either. Yeah, I mean until and you know if Colin does come out and, and tell us why, I mean he he might he might not, but. I would just like to think that at the end of the day, you know, without having to say anything, you know, Ken Holland is delivering the message that, yeah, you know what? We need to make a change in that area. So that person's gone. You know, I'm fine with Scott Housen staying in the organization because maybe he saw something in Scott, Scott Housen that he likes and he wants him to be there. I, that's what I would assume that the takeaway is. I think so. I, I, he's dealt with Scott Housen and Craig McTavish when they were general managers and he was a general manager. So he knows them from a different uh, uh, picture show. So he, I think Scott Housen's going to stay in probably whatever role he's in now, you know, player uh, development. And I, the inference being when you let people go from the organization you're moving to is that he'll find people on the organization he just left. I'll just wheel in some different people from Detroit, but unless he's offering them a uh, a different job that's better than the one they've got, you can't, the team's just going to say to you, no, it's, it's just a lateral move. You're not hiring my pro scout to be your pro scout, say, or you're not ha- hiring my head of player development to be your head of player development. You have to make him an assistant general manager or a senior vice president and give him a raise. It's not the same salary and such. Uh, I still think, Tyler Wright will wind up in Edmonton. He's the director of amateur scouting. I still think they have a, a history together. And Jeff Finley is the chief scout there. Uh, I, you know, One of those two, I think, will wind up in Edmonton. Um, but anybody else, I don't know. And, you know, at one point in time, Tyler Wright wasn't a part of the Red Wings organization at one point in time. You know, another former oiler. And he captain. was part of the Gretzky trade. That's true. He was one of the, you know, he was in that that era area where they were getting draft picks and, and uh, you know, when Wayne got traded to L.A. and the owners took Tyler Wright, I think 12th overall in 1989, I believe. I'm not sure if the, the second pick was, that was the, the, the pick they got in the Gretzky trade, but it was the next year they... They started getting extra picks for the Gretzky trade, and Tyler played briefly for the Oilers, not a long time, but was a pretty good junior, and he's from Western Canada too. So, I remember him being, I mean, since he was a number first-round pick, and you know, people around here are getting a little bit excited, maybe because it came in the wake of you know a whole lot of trades of the old stars coming out, but you know, people hoping, oh, can, will this guy end up being one of the top liners? Well, that didn't pan out that way. Of, tr- of course, that's how everybody thinks about first-round picks, whether you're 12th overall, first overall, or 25th overall. There's always that, you know, people want to grab onto hope. Well, and if you're a good junior in Western Canada, they think that an offensive junior, they think you're going to be a... Uh, an offensive a, NHLer. Yeah. And he came in in 89 when there was still a good team until um, 92. Mm-hmm. And then the bottom fell out. And then for four more years, they missed the playoffs. So those three years he was drafted, it was tough to make the orders because he had pretty good teams. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking that 
and I don't have a computer in front of me or I'm not going to whip my phone out and look up Todd Wright, but I'm pretty sure he was like maybe 91 or maybe even 92 because they got some first round picks from the Kings they got for three, a few three years. Year old. Yeah. Three after the 88 trade. So yeah. anyway, so I'll put a nickel down. I'll bet you it was 91. I think you're right. In 89. Where's the I, nickel? 89, I think they, uh, they traded the pick one, one of those years. Mm. Um, it was 89, 91, 93 they had the picks. At 93, the, the Nick Stajahar, I believe, okay. was one of their first so rounds. Maybe it was 93 then. Okay, well, I don't, here's, your, here's your nickel back. Maybe okay. I'm wrong. That so, is a long time ago. Yes, it is. 25 plus years ago. But, you know, in talking about Todd Wright, but Todd Wright came to the Red Wings not being part of the organization at some point. I mean, he was in Columbus. Ken, he was in Columbus at right. one time. I mean, he was, you know, Ken Hollander, whoever did the hiring, I assume it was Holland, brought him in because, hey, this guy, we want him to be a part of our staff. And in the, fact, Ken, he could have been in Columbus when Scott Housen was the GM. And then he went to Detroit. Yeah. Right. Ended up with the Blue Jackets at the end of his career, right? Um, I think, if I recall. Again, I don't have hockey DB in front of me, <laughs> so I don't know. There we go. We should... All these history lessons. No, that's from like we didn't expect 20 years you would ago. be grilling me on yeah. Tyler Wright. Who was their who was playing, their 12th? Career. Yeah. playing career? Name the expansion lineup of the Blue Jackets in two thousand. Yeah. Okay. We want. I'll uh, next time we'll have our laptops open or something. Yes. Obviously, Ken Holland's going to have to be hiring people to bring in, and obviously, we're just going to have to wait and see. I think, sure, he'll keep the amateur people as they are through the draft. Why would you bring somebody else in from some other organization? Usually you bring another somebody else in and and they say, well, you can't take part in, in you know, the orders draft because you know who Detroit's going to be picking. So they just say, you got to step aside. So those the amateur scouting hires usually happen after the draft. And the amateur part of things has been working quite well. They got some good prospects in the minors and they've drafted some good people lately anyway. So... The big thing this week, I mean, outside of having the Dwayne Sutter news today, is they're going to hire a head coach here pretty soon. You say that they're, they're going to be, by the end of the week, we should have a new head coach. I think we could have a higher head coach by the end of the week. I think I think he's going to interview some people this week. I think the person he wants, I still think Dave Tippett is a leading candidate. I think there's a feeling that they need an experienced coach in the Pacific Division with with Todd McClellan in LA now and De- Peter DeBoer in, in San Jose and Gerard Gallant in Las Vegas and Bill Peters in Calgary, they, they, they won't be hiring a first time NHL head coach. Um, I think some of the people he's interviewing might be assistant coaches on other teams in the NHL. Um, but I don't think they're, they want to go down that road. Now, whether if they interview Dave Tippett, whether he, he checks off all the boxes, I, I, I presume they've got some questions to ask whatever people they, they want to interview about um, the style of play, about coaching the best player in the world, Connor McDavid. 
uh, you know, what, what kind of style do you want to play? Here's the style we want. Can you play it? Can you coach that style? You know, those sort of questions. Uh, coaching a team in a Canadian market, you know, is it different than coaching a team? If it's Dave Tippett, say, he's coached in Dallas and he's coached in Arizona. He hasn't coached in Canada. Um, how will that work? But, you know, he's, I think he's pretty, you know, uh, knows the market in Western Canada pretty well. He's a Saskatchewan guy. Yes, isn't he? that's what I mean. He's another Saskatchewan guy. So that's the owners hire a lot of Saskatchewan guys. Whether you're Todd McCullough or Trent Yanni or Glenn Gullitson, they tend to hire a lot of Saskatchewan guys. Why is that? Because uh, that's where all the great coaches are from. <laughs> I suppose that uh, Dick Irvin was from Saskatchewan mm, too. Probably. But, you know, like okay. I would, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if Glenn Gullitson's also one of the people getting an interview. He's been a head coach. You know, two other spots, and he's a, he's a good coach, and he was on the staff last year, so why wouldn't you interview him? Yeah. But I don't think, say, if, I don't know if, while well, Dan Bilesma is on the I think the Detroit staff, no, I don't think he's a, a candidate. He's a veteran guy. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Hiller, who works for Mike Babcock, who was in Detroit with Mike, with Ken Holland, might be a consideration. Um, because he's, you know, he's coached for quite a long time on, on good teams as an assistant coach. Now, Todd Nelson was a name that, you know, had, has come up over the last two weeks. Hasn't got, they haven't, they haven't gone to Jim Nell as of yesterday to ask for permission to talk to him. So that, that says something. Yeah. So I think, I think Ken has perhaps interviewed some people on the phone. I don't know. How, I don't know if he's had any face-to-face interviews, but I think he's maybe interviewed people on the phone. So uh, the next step is to bring a few of those people in. You know, now you know another experienced NHL head coach. Mind you, it wasn't a lot of. It wasn't seasons and seasons worth. It was a lot of seasons. Season worth was Ralph Kruger, hired last week by Buffalo, um, former Oilers head head coach during the 2013 lockout year. And obviously Kruger's name came up, you know, right around the same time as Holland when he was hired here because he left Southampton, uh, the Premier League job in England that he had these last six years as their uh, chairman. You talked to Ralph Kruger or Terry. I know Terry Jones did. The story was Ralph Kruger wasn't interested in returning as a coach necessarily, maybe more of a president role perhaps. But or, there wasn't that job offered. Obviously. I guess not. So he's he's a coach at heart. And he discounted. And, I, and you know, I don't know why. Discounted the owner's job. Yeah. Well, I don't know. He's probably one of those guys I've been there, done that. I'm not coming back to coach where I was before. I don't think, uh, put it another way, I think people are crazy to think, oh, this is a risk, hiring Ralph Kruger. You'd think the guy moved to uh, Saturn or Neptune or something the last while he was in Southampton and didn't pay any attention to the NHL. He knows tons of people in hockey. He watches lots of games. Uh, he was coached the World Cup team in 2016, so that's only two and a half years ago, not six years ago. And why would he be any different than if the owners hired Dave Tippett, who hasn't coached for two years in the NHL, Oh, is that a, any more of a risk than, the, than 
Ralph Kruger getting hired uh, by Buffalo. You're a coach, you're a coach. And Ralph, you know, liked an up-tempo style when he was at Edmonton, and I'm sure he'll do the same uh, in Buffalo. You know, thinking about, you know, once a coach, always a coach. I mean, McTavish going to Russia, and this is a bit of a sidebar. But I find it interesting that he's taking that route now. I mean, he's been, hasn't been an NHL head coach. Well, he hasn't coached since he coached the AHL Chicago Wolves. And I suppose he did coach for a couple games behind the bench after Dallas Aikens got let go and he was there with Todd Nelson. But he hasn't been an actual head coach in seven years or longer. No, um, but neither had Dave King, and he yeah. went to, over to Russia to coach. Okay. How often, did, how long, you know, there was a bit of a break in there for Mike Keenan, and he went to the KHL to coach. I think if you're a coach, you're a coach. I don't think you forget about how to coach. I think in, in Craig's case, he's from the look of his roster, it's heavily Russian-based uh, players, you know, Russian-born players. Not a lot of uh, Canadians on his team. There's a few Swedes. Uh, Anton Lander actually is plays for Yaroslavl, and uh, I think Nicholas Gronwell's brother plays for 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 them. He's a veteran, uh, but yeah. So, yeah, I think it'll be an eye opener for Craig to coach in the KHL. But I'm sure he's phoned around to a few people and asked what it's like. And at his at his point in life, he's like 60. I think he's turning either 61 this year. Uh, he's probably looking at it. Well, there are no NHL head coaching offers coming my way, but you know, this team's offered me a job to coach. Now let's see how it goes. And if it doesn't turn out, it's a two-year contract, and I'll just come back to North America and you know maybe get another job with another NHL team in, in management. I mean, do you think making such a move? Because I would imagine that the likes of Keenan and Dave King, but maybe more so Keenan, maybe they're they need to have that stage to tr- maybe try to prove to an NHL team if things work out really well that you can still do it. Uh, it's possible. Um, I think he just wants to do something meaningful and coaching is is what he's really good at. And I think I think he was being a little proactive knowing that you know there was no guarantees he would be back as senior vice president of hockey ops with a new general manager coming in. And I think he, when, when the, the, the idea was presented to him, he phoned around and said, well, maybe, why not? I'm not too sure how they go about, how that league goes about contacting Canadian people. Mark Gandler, an agent uh, to lots of NHL players, is, was, was the go-between when Dave King got the job over there. You know, Mark Gandler contacted him because he knows all the Russian people over there. So that's how, how he got the job. So maybe Craig was the same thing with the agent. But, you know, he's coached, he's coached more than he's been a manager in the NHL. He was a good coach for eight years for the Oilers and coached a year in the minors too for Chicago Wolves. So I, I don't think he's forgotten how to do it, but it, it'll, it'll be an adjustment coaching in Russia for a couple of games a week than it would be coaching the NHL. Obviously between now and particularly the draft, but from now through till training camp, and we can all expect moves to be made by Ken Holland, but 
And we all know what the elders need. They need a lot of things. But like we talked about last week, their position of strength is their defense right now. They're going to be trading from a position of that, you know, a position where you have resources. It's from there. And you got to wonder what kind of deal would be possible. I suppose there's all kinds of things. He rumors du jour. I think of all of them right now. You know, the talk of making a deal along the lines of Darnell Nurse for William Nylander. Floating that sort of thing out there. But that's the level of deal we're looking at. Whether Darnell Nurse or you name your your current NHL roster defenseman, it's Clefbaum or Adam Larson or I don't whoever. think they're trading a possible top pairing defenseman for a winger. For a center, yes. But he's they perceive Nylander as a winger. I just don't see it. I, you know, myself... So they don't need to trade such a asset for a bona fide top six winger. Um, they do, but not a defenseman. I don't think you can trade your first round draft choice for him. That's but more palpable. That makes more sense and a, a, pros- a good prospect. But you're not trading. You're not trading one of your two best defensemen. I don't think for William Nylander who. Um, theoretically would be your fourth best forward. Mm. If you consider Nugent Hopkins the third best, you're trading one of your two best defensemen for a fourth best forward. Mm. And that forward is not a center, he's a winger. I suppose you do want to have, if you're going to be trading Nurse, Clefbaum, Larson, I mean, you I want think, a top line forward. Yeah. Not like bonafide number one winger. That's yeah. what they need. Yeah. But you can get a... a you can go well. Toronto and Winnipeg are teams in both teams in serious cap problems, which is why they want to trade people like Nylander and why Winnipeg might want to trade Ehlers, uh, both in over six million dollars a year. Uh, you know, in in Nurse's case, he makes I think three point two million this year, so you could be doubling the salary. Uh, but he, like I said, he's He's, you're looking at him right now as one of your two best defensemen. I, I just don't see it for a winger. And, you know, people throwing out Darnell's name last week. Well, maybe they, if they put Darnell in the deal with Lucic, they could get rid of all of Lucic's contract. I says, well, no, you're not trading one of your two best defensemen just to get rid of the money, Lucic. I mean, you know, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And I don't. I still don't see any team picking up all of all of his contract. All of his contract. I don't care what kind of sweetener you put in this deal. I just don't see a team saying, "Yeah, we'll pick up that six million for four more years." No, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. You orders have to eat. Would have to eat part of that contract. They have to eat a, a, a lot of it, up to fifty percent of it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they want to do that. They may as well keep them if they, you know, if they have to, you know, eat. You know, three million of that for four more years. You know, this is going to be the most difficult chore for Ken Holland is to trade Milan Lucic.
That's the Oil Spills podcast for today. Subscribe to Oil Spills on iTunes and Google Play. You can also listen to it via the Edmonton Journal and Edmonton Sun apps and websites. Thank you.